and we are live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the pilot episode of the new Marketing Lab podcast. The goal of this podcast is to give students insights into the link between theoretical and practical hands-on marketing. The podcast setup consists of the moderator, me, who represents the students at CBS and other institutions, of course, if they have an interest within marketing, a practitioner, Mikkel, who represents the real-life application of marketing, and a professor, Jesper, who represents the more theoretical uh, application of marketing. We will continuously be adding new episodes on Marketing Lab with themes as influencer marketing, marketing in regulated industries, and low-budget successful marketing campaigns. But let's get back on track. I want to give a brief introduction of the participants in this episode. First, myself. My name is Axel Antonsen. I'm a student at fifth semester at CBS, enrolled in the course Business Administration and Economics. I'm working as a marketing consultant, and I am the one-man army at the new podcasting department at Marketing Lab. And then we have the practitioner, Mikkel Larsen. He has held the position as Chief Transformation Officer at Mediacom for the past two years. And now I'm going to read from his LinkedIn description. Marketing strategist with a strange love for the combination of business ethics, data, econometrics, and creativity. 25 years of experience in media and communication-related research and marketing consultancy across multiple branches. He serves as an external lecturer at CBS in the class Managing Creativity and Creative Processes. Miguel feels the need to express responsibility issues in marketing and hopes that a collaboration with Marketing Lab will motivate the younger generation to take a stand. Welcome, Miguel. Thanks a lot. And then we have our professor, Jesper Clement. He's been an associate professor at CBS for nine years. And I will again also read from his LinkedIn description. Jesper Clement received a PhD in marketing in 2008. Coming with a background in design practice and turning into academia, he enables to bridge the gap between theory and practice. Jesper Clement has been working as an academic researcher and has as well been involved in projects within the industry. Jesper has an entrepreneurial way of thinking and an open mind. And his area of expertise is biometric research methods. Welcome, Jesper. Thank you so much. And a quick note, as you might have noticed, both Mikkel and Jesper has hands-on experience and theoretical experience within marketing, which makes their role their role somewhat interchangeable and makes for a very knowledgeable and insightful panel. Lucky for us. Yes, that's for an introduction. And first off, I want to talk about an article that you wrote, Mikkel, mm-hmm. uh, loosely translated to Danish. It can be called Climate. Companies and consumers' mindset are not synchronized. Mm-hmm. And they have this mindset analysis, which was made by CBS for Mediacom, which shows a discrepancy between companies and consumers. The analysis is built on data from 2,000 consumers over the age of 18 and 1,000 managers. And from this article, it can be derived that while 55% of consumers in the analysis have a green mindset and state that they are willing to pay more in order to be sustainable, only 17% 
of cooperation prioritize sustainability as much as profits on the bottom line? And a question for Mikkel, what can explain such great discrepancy? How come companies are not consistent with consumer demand? One would think that companies automatically would seek to fulfill whatever the market wants. Yeah, you're right. And I think they obviously think that they do. Because um, they have a lot of companies have created a demand throughout many, many years. And the demand definitely is there. But when we look at consumer behaviors and attitudes for the last, I would say, two, three years, uh, the topic of a different sorts of lifestyle, a sustainable lifestyle, has become very hot and uh, top of mind uh, by many. And I think this has also reached uh, many companies and corporations, but their ability to act upon and uh, change strategy accordingly uh, has not uh, seen the same speed as the change in the market. So... We wanted to, to look into this and to see if the, the gap we thought was there could somehow be put some numbers to it. And that's why we reached out to uh, CBS and uh, looked at the methodology, mindset methodology that was conducted by uh, Thorsten Ringberg and Pierre Østergaard Jacobsen. And we used that methodology to, to put some numbers on what we now call a gap between the consumer mindset and uh, corporate mindsets. Hmm. So yes, but do you have anything to add? Do you does an explanation come to mind for you for uh, this I phenomenon? I, th I think definitely it's it's interesting to look into the phenomenon of mindsets. Uh, and from my perspective, I might dig a little deeper into this phenomenon of mindset because uh, I'm I'm doing as you said research in neuromarketing, uh, neuroscience, and and use techniques and and literature related to neuroscience and uh, uh, we are all equipped with the very same type of brain uh, that was actually constructed 50,000 years ago so uh, the change of mindset yes uh, it makes sense but on the other hand it does not make sense and if, if p uh, consumers say that they are willing to pay more for or whatever uh, they say then we also know from from research that there is big discrepancy between what they say and what they do. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think it could be interesting to look deeper into why people say as they do, uh, because uh, there might be a wish that uh, they would like to have more products in the field of sustainable products or uh, ecological products or whatever. But uh, the, uh, uh, the fact is that uh, it's rare to find Uh, mm. these products how can i find a, a, a t-shirt uh, or a, a, a dress or a shirt uh, that fulfills this, this kinds of needs uh, there's very few of them uh, on the market and and the whole fashion industry uh, still lives in in their way of designing as they did 10 20 50 years ago uh, they try to invent a new Uh, fashion mode uh, uh, for the next, not in the next year, but maybe in order to to grab people's attention. Mm. And this uh, attention grabbing uh, uh, issue is actually one of, of, of uh, the things I dig deeper into. Interesting. Hmm. 
Another thing that can be derived from the analysis is that a lot of consumers struggle to identify whether a company is truly sustainable or is simply greenwashing. And this leads me to another question for you, Jesper. How do you actually measure sustainability? If, if, if I should use uh, yeah. uh, this uh, uh, research question in, in, mm. and, and, and take it deeper into to the field of, of my research, uh, I will uh, look into how people respond to uh, sustainability. And I think uh, the problem is that uh, sustainability is so such a broad uh, term. Mm. Uh, it covers a lot. So I think if we... I would expect that we will see a lot of uh, confusion in uh, the mind. Uh, there will be a, a huge uh, brain activity in order to find out what is this all about. Does it really m- mean that uh, this is going to give me something extra? Uh, and uh, and that, that, could, that could be one way of uh, dealing with this uh, sustainability issue. Uh, and uh, another thing is the, the time, uh, because we very often have a very short uh, time span between mm. what we see and what we uh, want to have yeah. or if we feel a need uh, then uh, we search for this need uh, most uh, obvious could be thirst uh, if you're thirsty and you need some water you need something to drink and then you get a tunnel site and uh, you only have water for uh, for your search uh, process mm. uh, But then you come to a situation, maybe water is not the best uh, example, but let's just go on with this, uh, saying, okay, here we have two bottles of water, one in a a, a packaging that is sustainable, and one is in another uh, packaging that is not sustainable. And you're thirsty. You're really thirsty. Yeah. You couldn't care less. You just want water. So you do not have time to, to consider this choice, You just want to have the water, and uh, and 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 then comes this uh, this sustainable issue is not uh, anything that gives me uh, anything here and now. It will be something I will get, or maybe I will not get it, but my kids or grandkids will uh, uh, benefit from my choice right now. But I'm still thirsty, yeah. so so uh, so these grandkids can wait a little until I have. Uh, uh, killed my uh, thirst, thirst and then yeah. and then, uh, and then I can take in this so it also requires uh, some extra uh, some um, uh, over uh, view of, of, of the whole process and that that's maybe why it's so difficult for us to uh, know whether it's real or whether it's fake uh, because the uh, It's so far away, uh, uh, these uh, benefits of uh, making the right choice. Mm. Um, yeah, I think one of the issues why it's difficult for consumers to navigate is obviously that we don't have yet this one certificate that you stamp different products with. Like, for instance, we have kind of become accustomed to the ecology stamp that people can kind of navigate with. But, but the whole calculation of sustainable uh, or unsustainable is so complex that we don't have that one stamp that we can navigate with. And that means that we are left with our own perception of things. And that is why we are controlled by what is called our system one, 
which Jesper is talking about, our intuitive brain takes over and our political correct choices are being sidelined. Exactly. Uh, and and, and, and uh, one way of, of solving the problem could be by a simple stamp uh, or a label. Uh, but this is also a tricky uh, issue because uh, if we are not 100% sure that this also is uh, controlled and uh, stands for, 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 for what it actually uh, has as, as uh, issues in it, uh, then we again have this uncertainty, and uncertainty, that's not good for our system one. So we, we, we should have this sustainable uh, choice placed in the system one. It should be so intuitively as we uh, choose, uh, for instance, organic food, because it has become pretty easy f- to find this uh, organic food in, in, a, in a normal supermarket. But if we go into a, a fashion store, uh, then it becomes a little complicated because uh, is this real or is it uh, just something that this brand want to uh, use as a what you call a greenwashing? Mm-hmm. Uh, we get uncertain and then takes system two over and then comes this uh, well, uh, it has to be postponed to uh, another day. Maybe I can I can take a better choice uh, or make a, be- a better choice tomorrow. Right now I need this for. Yeah. Uh, a short term yeah so uh, so unfortunately it's really not black and white because sustainability comes in so many so many different shapes and forms and colors right yeah uh, and that means that we are left with a lot of uncertainty which is uh, then convenient for the brain to avoid taking difficult choices that requires a different behavior and sustainability is really not black and white because a product can say that it's produced in a certain way, but th- then it might have been traveling tens of thousands of kilometers before it reached the shelf or the consumer. So it's difficult. Yeah, a lot of factors go into play. Yeah. You were talking about a stamp that could maybe certify that this product is truly sustainable. Would that be maybe like an organization with jurisdiction over the whole world, like the United Nations? Approved seal. <laughs> oh, that's that's. It has to be something like that, right? That's, if if everyone. That's a million dollar question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think we in uh, in this part of the world, uh, in 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 Denmark, Scandinavia, maybe most of, of the European countries uh, have uh, trust to governments, and mm. uh, if it's a governmental or a official uh, label uh, controlled by uh, uh, such an organization, uh, then we have. Uh, we will follow these uh, instructions or uh, guidelines, uh, but I can easily imagine that there could be other uh, parts of the world where it's a, quite the opposite, uh, where we have more trust in private labels or uh, labels that is controlled by private organizations. Uh, and, 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 and there we come into some cultural issues that is mm. also... Because they do not trust the government. And there's a lot of corruption. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, we're very lucky in Denmark. <laughs> um, what, yes, but what would you recommend that students do in order to identify what is truly, susta- truly sustainable? Um, I th- that's a big question, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so also what, what students uh, have to do, uh, I, th- I think they uh, should, uh, uh, as a... As a uh, 
researcher at, at Copenhagen Business School, they should uh, fam- familiarize themselves with uh, as much literature as they can. Hmm. Uh, I think in uh, right now we are in a, uh, in a process. Uh, we have the 17 uh, uh, goals from uh, UN. Uh, which is then subdivided into sub goals. Uh, there's a uh, this. Is, I think this is one of of, of the major uh, game changers in a, a, a worldwide market uh, because here we have at least something that everybody can relate to uh, all over the world. Uh, so I think we are in in a in a kind of of a, a situation where things change a lot, and uh, within the next 10, 15 years there will be quite a lot of debates like this one uh, so uh, familiarize yourself with uh, the literature and uh, uh, be open-minded uh, because there will be a lot of uh, companies uh, need people to have this awareness of what is actually going on what is the correct what is the best choice for a company uh, Uh, because uh, as uh, uh, the framework by my colleagues uh, Torsten Ringberg and uh, uh, Per Jakobsen, uh, yeah, uh, I think it's, it it gives a, a kind of a of a guideline. But uh, I don't think they uh, outline clearly where it's best to be, because there's good business in in just uh, 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 focusing on, on on your bottom line. Uh, there's plenty of of companies having a, a good business running. But if the market disappears overnight because the the consumers do not want to to buy these products anymore, then you really have to make fast changes, uh, and and uh, and that could be a an, uh, a, a problem and a, a challenge. Yeah, I th- I'm I'm thinking also that some sort of common sense can come into play. So if different types of industries. Uh, claim to be sustainable as we've been seeing very unsustainable industry have taken that claim recently fossil fuel uh, organization or industries and companies or uh, farming different sorts of farming industries are claiming to be some sort of uh, sustainable in one way or the other i think you should have your common sense in play to say that this is obviously not sustainable (laughs) compared to uh, alternatives But uh, it, the complexity is obviously there that you need to dig even deeper to really get the numbers on it. Mm. But a, a good common sense can be a good compass and guidance if you want to uh, turn in a more sustainable direction as a consumer. Yeah, but it takes some dedication. I mean, you really need to familiarize yourself with this sustainability. S- certainly. It and could and help if we had like a standardized way to mm. know Yeah, and, 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 and of course, <laughs> it, it it would be nice to work for a company that is a hundred percent correct. Whatever it could be, they have the the correct uh, uh, ethical uh, approach to market and employees and uh, to the uh, environment, uh, and they and and everything is is fine. And uh, if they're even uh, uh, owning money, then everybody is happy. But there's So many companies moving from from one uh, situation where the the sustainability has not been part of of a, of a strategy, and then they take the first step, and is this greenwashing? Uh, is it uh, is it a, 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 a true uh, step towards more sustainability, or is it just 
a way of greenwashing and 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 think that uh, it will it will it will uh, go away this uh, f- uh, movement of uh, sustainability and and uh, and uh, environmental uh, problems. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and so I, so I I, th- I think it will be be complicated for for a, mm-hmm. a, a, a student. Uh, f- you maybe mm. in a couple of years uh, uh, applying for a new job and it's a f- fantastic uh, interesting job but is the company sustainable enough for you or is are you then part of this greenwashing and i think there's could be many uh, issues uh, uh, i will not mention in any companies but uh, there could be some uh, fast food companies where uh, uh, this issue uh, could be very relevant. Uh, is this screenwashing or is it true? Uh, uh, I think they have a big business uh, running, uh, selling uh, fast food. Uh, uh, and uh, but is it organic? Is it uh, what if we one day woke up and then they claimed that uh, all their burgers are so, uh, organic? Will we believe them? Probably not. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, but actually, to, to pick up on that. Uh, only only this week I, I, I saw that the Boris Johnson government are actually coming up with a suggestion to ban uh, marketing and advertising from certain types of fast food communication because of obesity and sustainability issue related to it. So there's also that direction hitting corporations before they know it mm. if they don't uh, kind of change their compass themselves. Mm. Nice. Okay, let's move on to the next subject. Uh, I want to talk about the responsibility that the marketing industry holds regarding a sustainable future. You, of course, know about the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. And in another article, Mikkel, you mentioned that the marketing industry should also put up marketing global development goals, which shall guide the industry in the right direction and redefine the industry away from the public's current, very distrusted perception of it. Um... So to Mikkel, uh, can you give some example of some possible tangible goals that the marketing industry could have? Yeah, I would say that definitely we could start having goals on uh, a certain number of percentage of sustainable mm, directing sorts of communication messages, campaigns that we put out there to start off with. As you mentioned, Well, I, when I started 25 years ago, it was a very sexy industry to be in. Believe me, it has absolutely not very sexy industry to be in anymore by uh, young students coming up because advertising, marketing as such, is has down the road, unfortunately, become some sort of sausage machine of short-term tactical messaging that has no relevance or interest by the, the, the most consumers of today. Unfortunately, this has happened in... I would say during the last decade, and that is why we see this great gap between uh, marketeer communication and the perception among uh, consumers. And if we want to regain that interest, relevance, and trust, obviously we have to <laughs> uh, be much more uh, aware of the, the the minds and the mindsets and the behaviors mm. of the consumers of today. Even though I know that they have. Uh, different types of buying behavior and a mindset that maybe contradicts a little. But I think in order to regain the trust and relevance, we need to take much more responsibility of the power we have by sending so many uh, messaging out uh, in the world that has uh, provoked and stimulated 
the the mass consumption that that has uh, resulted in the issues we ha- we are facing. Mm. And I mean, such a plan, of course, means that advertising companies should choose a direction and filter the clients, thereby saying thereby saying no to clients who does not complete comply with the agreed goals. And do you do that at Group M? No, no, we don't actually. Our take is that we would rather have the dialogue about how to uh, change strategies, change communi- change communication strategies in order to become more in sync with the movement we see mm. uh, among consumers. So it's it's you you have two choices, so to speak. You can you can go, you can yeah uh, throw them out the door. Uh, or you can take the dialogue. And right now we actually have the possibility of taking the dialogue because they come to us and ask for a consultancy. And I think our ability to change uh, the, the, the views and visions of corporations is bigger uh, by having the dialogue than not having the dialogue. Interesting. And to Jesper, what is your experience with marketing agencies filtering clients is this something you ex- have experienced or know of or is it very uncommon i don't think they filter uh, clients uh, i think uh, clients more often filter uh, consultancies mm. uh, and uh, i have a, a still uh, as as you say Miguel, it, it, it's a, a, a as as it has been for decades, uh, uh, this industry has not changed a lot. Uh, they might still live in a, a on, on a different planet than the, their consumers. Uh, so this link between the companies that might not have the correct mindset, and there's a gap between companies' mindset and consumers' mindset, and the consultancies and especially the uh, uh, marketing uh, uh, agencies uh, might not be the one bridging this gap uh, I don't I don't see that they, they have this uh, 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 or they have tried to or they have uh, people able to to uh, analyze uh, this situation uh, I think they still have the same approach it's just a matter of pushing the information towards the receiver and uh, if they didn't get it the first time then we try once again and third time they will uh, accept the, the, the message so it's still a, mas- a, a matter of just pushing uh, uh, hard enough mm-hmm. uh, and uh, yeah um, interesting uh, th- that you say that it's a uh, uh, it was a uh, uh, a sexy business uh, <laughs> and it's not anymore um, um, I haven't uh, experienced that I, I think uh, still a lot of uh, uh, students uh, find it interesting to work in this uh, in this uh, industry i think I, w- one of the things that i often refer to is that one of the, the companies in here in group M mindshare is having this advertising study done on a yearly basis and they ask the same questions for more than 10 years how much interest do you uh, do you take on advertising and 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 how much annoyment does it create and the gap between interest and annoyment has never been bigger right yeah uh, so, so that's kind of one of the studies that I refer to when I'm saying that we have started or we are totally out of sync with what consumers think is relevant, interesting, and fun to engage with, because everything has become so short-term, has to create a sale tomorrow mm-hmm. uh, in, instead of creating real emotions. 
uh, and branded relationships. So that's uh, what I see, unfortunately, and, and what I think is a great shame because uh, Marketeers has actually, uh, throughout decades, had the capability of being great storytellers, creating behaviors and change attitudes and behaviors. And what is needed today is a great shift in attitudes and behavior among consumers to to deal with the with the issues that we are facing uh, due to the to the climate changes. So that's why I see that that the advertising industry can regain trust, interest, and relevance if we take that responsibility upon us and use all our efforts, use all our um, creativity to spark and ignite a different uh, movement uh, among consumers in a more sustainable direction instead of trying to sell more uh, crappy products uh, tomorrow, to be a little blunt. Nice. Do we have any examples of companies who've done that already? Like made advertising well, which was truly sustainable, not just greenwashing? Well, I, I think I will have to p pull out actually, in, in Danish uh, sense, uh, a company that I actually worked for uh, many years ago also is, is Ørsted. So I remember uh, I, I did quite some some campaigns for them while they were still producing, uh, I would say, non-sustainable products. And when they tried to say that we are going in a sustainable direction, obviously it took a, a journalist 10 seconds to find out that they just invested in a great coal company in Germany somewhere and everything had to be pulled back, right? And that's 15 years ago and, then, and in those 15 years they kind of got the wake-up call and it's a truly sustainable uh, company today that is, in my opinion, also allowed to communicate it uh, in, in a way that should be taken positive because they are truly sustainable in their activities. I think that's a brilliant example. Uh, mm. They took a big turn. Uh, I don't know the exactly when, uh, but it was a, a I can uh, hear from my inner ears uh, that the uh, uh, previous uh, uh, management team saying that uh, we cannot make uh, electricity by uh, uh, renewable, uh, by only using renewable energy or uh, sources. Uh, and then they did it. And, uh, and we became uh, maybe not the world leaders, but among the, the, the leaders in, in, in the world on sustainable uh, uh, power. Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, and everybody it, it today believes that it's the right way to 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 go. Yeah. Uh, mm. Unfortunately, uh, me as a consumer, uh, I still just want electricity in in my blocks. And uh, I hope, and there is again this uncertainty. I hope that it comes from a windmill or some somewhere else, mm -hmm. uh, and not from uh, uh, something uh, black. Uh, uh, power plant yeah. uh, but it's my just my hope yeah. when I turn on the clock and uh, I get uh, the lamp on mm -hmm. I hope and uh, one day when I uh, I still hope that the electricity mm -hmm. comes from exactly. the windmill or something else mm -hmm. uh, I had a, a, a friend uh, buying uh, such an electric car and, uh, and they should go to Italy because uh, and now uh, and it took them much more time to drive through Germany because they have to stop and recharge the batteries. Mm. And then when I say, are you aware of how they made electricity in Germany mm. on brown coal? It's the worst you can ever make uh, electricity on. So, so, so maybe it has been 
more sustainable to drive uh, these uh, kilometers through yeah. Germany in a, in a diesel car, yeah. uh, or even better uh, with a, with a train. Uh, but still, the train runs on electricity, still coming from a, a black uh, yeah. uh, power plant. Uh, so, so I, 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 it would be nice to see a big company. Uh, I don't know if, if uh, Unilever could be such an uh, example of, of a big turn. Uh, mm. uh, they have. We have also shouted uh, greenwashing after mm. them uh, because is, is it really greenwashing or is it just a way of being a little better than Procter Gamble or some of their big competitors? But from the management team, they made a, a turn. Uh, is it ten years ago? Probably not. Five, ten years ago. I, I do not remember ex- uh, the exact uh, year. Uh, but from, from the top management team, they say now we should have a different mindset. But it's still, I think it's easy for us to, to find some some of their products and, and then pinpoint and say, hmm, is this really sustainable? Or greenwashing? Mm. Uh, so, uh, uh, but uh, it would be nice to see more companies taking... Uh, Advantages of, uh, for instance, uh, such a, a, a turn from from the management team. But I will, I see a bigger movement coming uh, bottom up. Uh, I see a lot of smaller companies uh, uh, making this turn uh, into a, a movement. Uh, so it could be interesting to see. Uh, as I said, mm. uh, we are in a middle of the process or a start of the process, depending on how you uh, where you set the starting point. Uh, but uh, within the 10, next 10 or next 15 years, I, I think we will see a big change. And maybe we'll, mm. if we meet there again, uh, we can say, okay, it was a top-down. Mm-hmm. We, we saw the best uh, uh, mm-hmm. impact from a top-down uh, change of mindset. Oh, it came as a, as a bottom-up. Yeah. Uh, and I will, I will put my bet mm. on, on a bottom-up. Uh, I, I think that uh, similar as the, the organic movement, uh, in, uh, in, I, in farmers I, I, came I, I, as a partner. Th- I think that the whole strategy or mindset of you know short-term wins and shareholder value is so hardwired into most corporations of today that it will take a, a bottom-up to really change things, I, I have to say. Mm. I'm, I'm looking at very many briefs uh, <laughs> in my job and sustainability is not uh, the the primary KPI. I can tell you. Okay. Yeah. So Just bottom up, I um, uh, I agree. I will also uh, uh, vote for or, or bet on a, on a bottom up. But but the the example with Ørsted, that was a top down. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yes, but you're saying that you're seeing a lot of small companies changing strategies. Uh, and do you think it's realistic that they can survive uh, by not? Prioritizing short-term perf- short-term profits. Uh, for example, under Corona, under the coron- coronavirus, we sh- saw a lot of companies go bankrupt because of the shortage of cash. Mm. And I mean, a sustainable strategy would probably have to prioritize longer-term goals, and therefore no short-term cash. So, do you think they can do that? I think they can do that. Uh, I think the coronavirus was a a, a very uh, short period of. Uh, uh, of a uh, timeout uh, in, in in business, uh, we might even if we meet again next summer, we might think of oh yeah Corona uh, oh yeah, uh, but now we are back in our normal life. S- corona goes away. Sustainability and the environment and the impact on the environment stays. Uh, 
uh, it will also be there. So I'm pretty sure that uh, they will be back in business. Uh, yes, they made, went bankrupt, uh, but uh, I think these bottom-up uh, companies have a, a, a faster and better way to uh, uh, adjust to the market. Uh, and uh, no doubt that there is a movement among consumers. I mean, that, that was what they said to you, uh, that they, they w- would like to have this uh, more sustainable products to or sustainable uh, uh, objects to choose among. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's that's not something that they say uh, just to cheat or uh, mm-hmm. please you. Uh, I think that's that's fair, but what they then do could be that they have this short-term uh, 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 goal or there is not enough to choose among. Um, uh, or it's too complicated to make the choice. As for instance, with the electricity or uh, I don't know how to to make sure that I get electricity from a uh, from a sustainable power plant. Yeah, yeah. I like that statement. Uh, coronavirus is here. It's not permanent, but sustainable. What did you say? I forgot. Uh, coronavirus <laughs> is goes away. Goes away, and sustainability stays. And I think that will be our ending statement. We don't have any more time. So thank you listeners for listening in on the pilot episode with Marketing Lab's new podcast with sustainability as the topic. We hope that you will tune in another time for our next episode. Yeah. <laughs>